journalism is dead, media torched for coverage of Paul Pelosi's story. Joining with Big Tech in new role as agents of social change. By Art Moore with WND News Center. Despite conflicting reports and many unanswered questions, President Biden and other Democratic Party leaders have used the assault by a hammer-wielding, apparently mentally ill, illegal alien on House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband to rally midterm voters, casting the violent act as an inevitable result of right-wing, election denier rhetoric. And Monday afternoon, announcing attempted murder charges against 42-year-old David DePop, San Francisco District Attorney Brooke Jenkins affirmed to reporters that prosecutors believe the attack was politically motivated. But on closer inspection, the suspect, an illegal alien from Canada who was a member of the far-left Green Party and lives in a dilapidated bus on the Berkeley, California, property of nudist drug abusers who support Black Lives Matter and purportedly of late was circulating QAnon conspiracies, comes across more as a homeless, mentally unstable drug addict than a determined ideologue. Nevertheless, establishment media aligned with the Democrats' narrative, with CBS correspondent Jonathan Vigliotti, for example, tying to Papa's actions to the January 6th Capitol Hill mob because he allegedly shouted, where is Nancy? Newsbusters noted that along with ABC and NBC, CBS's Vigliotti never made mention of the attacker's drug addiction, mental health history, or how his blog and views went beyond censorship ranging from their being alien-human hybrid infiltrators, to suicidal people having painkillers to 9-11 trutherism. Daily Wire CEO Jeremy Boring reacted to the coverage of the incident in a thread on Twitter. Journalism is dead, he wrote. 20 years ago, every major publication would have had boots on the ground chasing the facts in the Paul Pelosi story, questioning the narrative, interviewing everyone even tangentially connected, demanding transparency and the release of calls and footage. On Friday, Biden said during a speech to Democrats in Pennsylvania there were reports that the same chant, where's Nancy, was used by this guy that they have in custody that was used on January 6th, the attack on the U.S. Capitol. This is despicable. There's no place in America. There's too much violence, political violence, too much hatred, too much vitriol, Biden said. And what makes us think one party can talk about stolen elections, COVID being a hoax, that it's, all a bunch of lies, and it not affect people who may not be so well balanced? What makes us think that it's not going to alter the political climate? Enough is enough is enough. Confident that he had the story figured out, NBC News reporter Ben Collins said in a segment on MSNBC that he has read The Great Historians on Authoritarianism and Elon Musk's deleted tweet Sunday morning suggesting an alternative narrative was how you lose your democracy. The new Twitter owner and CEO was responding to a tweet by Hillary Clinton linking to a Los Angeles Times story about Pelosi's alleged attacker. The Times said DePop had been drifting further into the world of far-right conspiracies, anti-Semitism and hate, according to a Times review of his online accounts. Clinton wrote, The Republican Party and its mouthpieces now regularly spread hate and deranged conspiracy theories. It is shocking, but not surprising, that violence is the result. As citizens, we must hold them accountable for their words and the actions that follow. However, aside from DePapa's mental health, his ex said he once came home thinking he was Jesus. There are questions about the two websites attributed to Pop, which as the Times described, are filled with far-right conspiracies, anti-Semitism and hate. The sites, goddessloving.wordpress.com and http colon slash slash www.frnlyfriends.com slash blog, were shut down on Saturday, the Gateway Pundit reported. And the only activity reported on the Wayback Machine was on Friday and Saturday. Musk linked to an article from a blog floating the theory that the incident was a drunken dispute with a male, writing, there is a tiny possibility there might be more to this story than meets the eye. On Twitter, 
Many users retweeted audio of a police dispatch indicating Paul Pelosi knew to op. The officer said, RP, reporting person, stated there's a male in the home and that he's going to wait for his wife. RP stated that he doesn't know who the male is but he advised that his name is David and that he is a friend. DePop also faces federal charges for assault of an immediate family member of a United States official with the intent to retaliate against the official on account of the performance of official duties and attempted kidnapping of a United States official on account of the performance of official duties, which carries a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison. Agents of Social Change The Daily Wire's boring noted questioning the powerful was the media's raison d'etre. Sure, they were biased to the left, but they had some self-respect and took their role in society seriously more often than not, he said. And they didn't believe that role was to be agents of social change. Boring said Americans were less prone to paranoia back then because the press was more paranoid. Much more. They questioned everything. The people assumed the press was on the job, sniffing out the lies and finding the truth, so conspiracy theories just weren't plausible and rarely stuck, he said. Now, establishment media, aided by big tech, has embraced their new role as agents of social change. Now they both actively and through indifference run cover for the left, said Boring. Maybe it all happened about like they say, but they're certainly afraid it didn't. So best not to look into it. Move along. Meanwhile, independent reporter and best-selling author Michael Schellenberger visited to Papa's Berkeley home, where the suspect lived with a notorious local nudist. The home, Schellenberger wrote on his Substack page, featured a Black Lives Matter sign in the window and an LGBT rainbow flag, emblazoned with a marijuana symbol, hanging from a tree. A closer look reveals the characteristics of a homeless encampment, or what Europeans call an open drug scene. He said. In the driveway, there is a broken-down camper van. On the street is a yellow school bus, which neighbors said to pop occasionally stayed in. Both are filled with garbage typical of such structures in homeless encampments. People come and go from the house and the vehicles, neighbors say, in part to partake in the use of a potent psychedelic drug, ibogaine. There's also a sign in a window reading Berkeley Stands United Against Hate, a local group seeking to stop the hate and implicit biases that are a dangerous threat to the safety and civility of our neighborhoods, towns and cities. Schellenberger said that neighbors with whom he spoke described a pop as a homeless addict with politics that was, until recently, left-wing, but of secondary importance to his psychotic and paranoid behavior. What I know about the family is that they're very radical activists, said one of DePapa's neighbors, a woman who only gave her first name, Trish. They seem very left. They are all about the Black Lives Matter movement. Gay pride. But they're very detached from reality. They have called the cops on several of the neighbors, including us, claiming that we are plotting against them. It's really weird to see that they are willing to be so aggressive toward somebody else who is also a lefty. Schellenberger concluded, Wrapped up in their own obsession with Trump Republicans, most journalists have missed the real story. David DePop is not a microcosm of the political psychosis gripping America in general. Rather, he's a microcosm of the drug-induced psychosis gripping the West Coast in particular. He took note of a line in the Justice Department's criminal complaint that gives insight into DePop's state of mind. DePape stated he wanted to tie Pelosi up so that DePape could go to sleep as he was tired from having had to carry a backpack to the Pelosi residence. It reads, and there were was this in the complaint summary of the October 28 interview with the suspect. DePape explained that he did not leave after Pelosi's call to 911 because, much like the American founding fathers with the British, he was fighting against tyranny without the option of surrender. DePape reiterated that sentiment elsewhere in the interview. Prior to a San Francisco police news conference on Thursday, a reporter's side of a conservation with his superior was caught on a hot mic. Hey, 
So is this the dude that is a former nudist dude? The reporter asked. Yeah, okay, is it okay to say any of that stuff? He said after receiving a response. Nope. Yeah, alright. Cool. No security present. At the news conference Monday in San Francisco, the DA, Jenkins, said the attack appeared to be politically motivated, citing to Papa's statements in the federal affidavit and comments during the incident that indicated he was looking for House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Jenkins said DePop broke through a rear glass door and sneaked into Paul Pelosi's bedroom in the middle of the night while he was asleep. The DA said there was no security present at the home of the person who is third in line to the presidency. Police said that when they arrived, they found two men struggling over a hammer. DePop struck Pelosi at least once, they said, before being tackled by officers. Responding to a question, Jenkins said police body cam footage will be made public if it is played in a court proceeding. The charges that we are filing today include attempted murder, residential burglary, assault with a deadly weapon, elder abuse, false imprisonment of an elder as well as threats to a public official and their family, she said. Jenkins told reporters Sunday night that at the time that the suspect had entered the Pelosi home he was in fact, looking for Ms. Pelosi, referring to the House Speaker. The DA said she wanted to make it clear that there were only two people in the home at the time that the police arrived, Mr. Pelosi and the suspect, there was no third person present. We have nothing to suggest that these two men knew each other prior to this incident.